0: You're listening to the Astrology Hub Podcast, practical wisdom for living your life on purpose. Hi there,
1: my name is Amanda Poole-Walsh and I'm the founder of Astrology Hub. And I'm Donna Woodwell, Astrology Hub's Senior Editor and Master Astrologer.
0: And we are here for your weekly forecast for the week beginning on April 8th. Donna,
1: what theme are we exploring together this week? Well, you know, Amanda, I think I'll choose the word integrity in honor of this week's Jupiter going retrograde. You know, I know there are several opportunities this week to stop and consider if you feel like the actions that you're taking in your life right now are aligned with your values. Mm, I love that, Donna. And I love what you're highlighting there about what integrity
0: actually means. Because I know with my 13 years of Catholic school and all my Saturn and my propensity towards guilt, that the word integrity for me always meant like this thing that someone else was going to tell me if I was in, you know, like it was some external measurement. But what you're highlighting here is that integrity is actually, are your actions in life aligned with your values, which the more we study our charts, the more we understand who we are, our value system is unique to us. And so it, it's not really anything anybody else can tell you whether or not you're in integrity. It's like you know
1: if you're in integrity with what you value. That's a really good way to think about it. Another way is, you know, integrity and oneness and wholeness, they come from the same root words. And so really, you're, when you're acting with integrity, you're not fragmented. You don't have one part of you doing something over here and another part of you doing something over there. Everything is in alignment. And there's a lot of power in that, you know? Totally. Well, that's that word, um, integrate. It's all integrated, right? Integrity.
0: It's integrated. Okay. Love this. Okay. So, we're exploring this this week. Tell us about the week ahead.
1: Monday. You know, if I still work downtown and one of those nine-to-five jobs where I had to wear a suit and a jacket and spend three hours commuting, this is the day when I call in and say that I was working from home in my PJs because on Monday, the moon is void, of course, in Taurus All day long until it sneaks into Gemini in the later afternoon. So this is one of those days where having a lot of peace and quiet, you might get a lot more work done in the real world if you just have a chance to do it carefully and slowly in one piece at a time. So if you happen to be a manager out there and you're listening to this podcast and your campers are calling in to stay home, you know, let them. Wouldn't it be like more holistic if we could let people work at home when the cosmic energies were aligned that way? So just make sure you check in with them when the moon goes into Gemini to see if they did all their work. You might be pleasantly surprised. In fact, if you really had a hard work jam session all day, you might discover that you're so jazzed at the momentum that you actually have a hard time sleeping on Monday night. Or maybe you just jolt awake when the moon meets Mars in the early hours of Tuesday morning. If so, don't be afraid to get an early start to the day. This is one of those times when it might be better to just get up and capitalize on the energy and get moving. Because, you know, it's never too late or too early to start something new. But... And here's the downside that we know when we're doing astrology well, for every swing one direction, there's going to be a swing in the opposite direction. So if you had a super energized and productive Monday, Tuesday, you might find the need to pull back a little bit and recharge. The moons and Gemini, but it's squaring off with Venus and Neptune and Venus and Neptune are meeting each other in the night and they're all dreamy and, ooh, let's watch movies and snuggle. So This is the natural, I worked really, really hard on Monday and now it's time to binge watch something or, you know, anything else that allows you to feel dreamy and floaty and just go with it. That's the natural rhythm. We can't run all the time. We need these breaks. So learning astrology is also in part not just learning when to act, it's also learning to take breaks and not feel guilty about them. And that's how we maintain our high levels of engagement and productivity is running when it's time to run and resting when it's time to rest. Does that make sense, Amanda? Totally. I love that you bring this up.
0: I am, well, actually, my sweetheart, my my man, my Kane, as we say, and it's hilarious. My Kumu calls him my Kane, which means my man, which I think is just so cute. But, anyways, um, he's reading this book by Dave Asprey, and it's something about success. <laughs> I can't remember the name of it. Maybe um, Chris, our show producer can find it and we can put it in the show notes. But basically he interviewed like 400 plus of the most successful people in the world. And one of the biggest things consistently that comes back is that the most successful people, the people who have, and that doesn't mean just financial success, you know, that's like holistic rounded success in health and in their life, you know, they have become masters at recovery. Like they go after recovery the same way they go after productivity and there's tools and there's, they, they, you know, they plot it in their calendar. They, they plan for it. They go for it when they're in that mode, they are recovering. And I really think there's just so much for us to learn from that. I know so much for me to learn from that. It's like, okay, how do I become more masterful at recovery? Like, whoa,
1: that's a, that's a really cool concept. And this is a really, really good day to learn this as well because also in the middle of the night, the sun is squaring off with Saturn. And Saturn gets a bad rap in astrology because Saturn's really all about bringing our energy down and living in the moment. It's also about understanding our limits. And some people might not think that's as nearly as fun and sexy as like, Whee! I'm on the roller coaster of life. But it's the thing that lets us sustain our highest levels of of activity in the world because it, it brings us down and keeps us mindful and allows us to say, hey, this is as far as I can go. This is as far as I can stretch right now and keeps us working with that edge and yet recognizing that we do need to recharge. We're human beings. And the human side of us needs to honor the soft little animal creature that we are. That is just such, I mean,
0: I know we're in Saturn and Capricorn. So this topic around understanding our limits, but then experiencing mastery within the limitations and pushing those boundaries as much as we can. I just feel like that is the backdrop of everything that's, that's happening right now. And there's so much learning in that. I think so often we look at people again that we, we look at as maybe they've reached some level of mastery or success in their life. And it, there's so many times where it seems like it just happens, right? It just happens overnight. But the truth is that is usually not the case. And the thing is, even if you look at people like, let's say they won the lottery, most of the people who win the lottery lose all the money because the process of get, of, of creating the wealth is what makes you a different person. At the end of it. And so if you skip that part, that process part, then you actually don't have that transformation that makes you the kind of person that would make and also keep your wealth. You know, then I'm just using that as an example. So again, I like, I feel like these Saturn and Capricorn lessons for me are like so big right now. It's almost like everything Saturn and Capricorn has been showing us for the last couple of years is coming to like this culminating moment where it's time for us to actually consciously integrate the lessons of of this physical realm and and maybe we haven't mastered every area of life, but we it seems like we're getting the components and the pieces we need to be
1: able to move more into mastery. Are you feeling that too, Donna? Or is this just me? Uh, oh no, absolutely. I mean there's a reason why it takes Saturn two and a half years to go through a sign. It takes two and a half years to like get it. It's a very slow process. Hence that's what Saturn is. It just takes time and it's ironic that we live in a culture that's so, I want it now, I want it now, I want it now, that Saturn, which is a planet that's like, no, maturing is allowing, it's allowing the unfolding. In that sense, it's a very yin thing. We, we talk about Saturn as a he, but in a lot of ways, she's, Saturn's very feminine. And the way that we need to relate to Saturn is, you know, a, a deeper level of yin than we're used to with, say, Venus and the moon. Mm, great point, there, Donna. I've never thought of that. <laughs>
0: I'm sure many people are having a oh my
1: gosh moment. Okay, so the big news of the week is coming up on Wednesday when Jupiter stations retrograde. Now this is really the beginning of all the retrogrades that we're going to be having, having during the summer. So what is a retrograde? Well, basically it just means that Jupiter's slowing, appears to slow to a standstill in the sky. So then he's going to start backtracking his steps. It's the moment when Earth is actually catching up to Jupiter in its orbit, so we're really close together. So Jupiter is going to be big and bright over the next uh, few months in the sky. It gives us a chance, though, to really tune into that Jupiter energy and what it means, and to go deep with it. That's what we do in retrograde season. So for Jupiter, Jupiter's Jupiter is a tricky planet because in ancient days, Jupiter. The name Jupiter and the word for justice were the same word. It was the star of justice. In Chinese astrology, they call him the wood star because wood is associated with life. So Jupiter's thing was to get us in the perfect rhythm, the the middle road, so to speak, so that life has a chance to thrive. Um, It also tuned us in with the path of spirit and exactly what spirit was calling us to do. So it kept us looking up and being in that that space where everything, you know, feels like it's clicking. Have you ever had one of those days where you just go through the day and everything feels like it's just right, like in the Goldilocks zone? Yes. That's stupid. those are really fun. <laughs> Yes, and that's why everybody likes Jupiter, because when you're in the Jupiter zone, everything feels really good, and the funny thing is that a Jupiter that's not being fully integrated and engaged, it gets a taste of that feeling, goes, yes, more, 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 and then it goes crazy. It goes into like hyper expansion mode, and we end up, you know, running too fast, too far and we get all out of proportion. And this is where Jupiter comes up with all of its problems and it's why Saturn is the natural antidote to Jupiter because while Jupiter wants to raise us up and encourages us to like go further, Saturn pulls us back in and goes, "No, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute." <laughs> so when the two of them are working well together, we get the best of both worlds. We get the gifts of presence that Saturn brings and the uplift and connection to divine that Jupiter brings.
0: I think of it like the expansion and contraction of breath. You know, there's like that expansion period. It has to be, it has to be balanced with the contraction. And I even experienced this with astrology hub this year, this realization, because for the first three years, it was all expansion. It was all growth because that's just the phase we were in. So this year has been like, okay, where can it contract? Where can it pull in? Where can it refine? Where can it fine tune? You know, so I think that that's a process. A continual process and I know for me it's way easier and way more fun to be thinking about the expansion and like be in that visionary place and equally important to do that contraction piece um, and maybe contraction isn't even the right word well it is actually but
1: it is it, it Saturn does contract I mean think about it when we breathe in and out we're breathing in and out air but Jupiter Saturn expansion contraction it's working on what they call the vertical dimension, or at least that's what um, Jonathan Haidt has called it. If you can think of the vertical dimension as the dimension between the spirit and the physical. And so that these two planets are constantly like breathe in spirit, breathe down physical manifestation, breathe up spirit, breathe in physical manifestation. And that's the, that's the muscle we're literally exercising when we're working with the two of them together. So you can think of every breath as mingling Spirit into matter and matter into spirit. That's what they're trying to teach us when they're working in harmony. Powerful. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk
0: about Thursday. Oh,
1: actually, I have a question about the Jupiter retrograde. How long is it? Uh, Jupiter retrogrades usually last a little shy of four months. So this will be retrograding all the way into, I believe, early September, mid to early to mid September. Okay, so we have a long time to work with this energy. Okay, so let's talk about Thursday. All right, as days go, Thursday is actually rather calm and aspect free. So in the evening hours, Mercury and Pisces is going to be squaring off with Jupiter, that newly retrograding planet in, in Sagittarius. So it's a good night to schedule some self-reflection, or maybe a long soak in the tub, followed by some journaling time. You know, whatever is works for you to find some open space for clarity. If if you're one of those people that likes writing long letters to other people to help you resolve things, maybe this is a good time for that too. Um, doesn't necessarily mean you have to send it, but if it helps you process and speak your truth, then I would say schedule some time for that. And diving on into the weekend. Friday is actually the first quarter moon, which often brings a vague feeling of dissatisfaction with life, the universe, and well, everything. Why, Donna? Well, if you think about Yeah, It's part of the moon cycle. We plant the seeds and then we wait for the seeds to sprout. Now, the first quarter moon represents that time when the seed is working really hard to just poke itself above the level of the dirt. And so it's got to work a little bit harder to make itself known and felt. And then the full moon would then be the plant in full blossom. And when I started learning astrology, I was like, yeah, 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 that seems all theoretical. It wasn't until I started working with a group of astrologers watching their dreams when I realized how profoundly irritating first quarter moons and last quarter moons could be because every time we got to one, everyone in the group would get grouchy. And they start nagging at each other and there'd be these stupid conflicts. And I'm like, really? It does that? Even for a bunch of astrologers? So I, I, I tend to be respectful of the just the sense of you know the energetic need to break free of something that can sometimes lead to people being a little grumpier than they normally would be.
0: Mm. Do you find that right
1: before the new moon as well? Not so much. I find people being before the new moon um they're really pulling inward and they kind of ignore other people. It's it's like I I want to do my own thing and everyone's pulling in. So it's more of a solitary time than I'm trying to break through and why aren't you doing your part of it and blaming other people. There's a lot more blame that comes up with the first quarter and the last quarter moon, especially the first quarter of the moon. It doesn't seem quite as challenging on the last quarter. I think people might be a little more tired in the last quarter. Mm,
0: Okay. Well, this is something good for us to be aware of. I mean, because Blame is never going to get us anywhere. So if we recognize that there might be a tendency towards that, then we can catch ourselves when we're in that place. Yeah.
1: And if you, if you think about it, uh, in astrology speak, a first quarter moon means that the moon is squaring the sun. And that square is a very tense Mars-like aspect. And it, it gives a little more, I don't know, anger to the mix, a little more action to the, A little more edge. Yeah, it's edgy. Okay. All right, great. Sorry, I I had to interrupt
0: you there just because I was wondering why that would be. Okay, go ahead.
1: So uh, with this first quarter moon, there's a lot of tight aspects going on, which is a way to describe, we could go one at a time, but basically it means take everything apart. Take things one step at a time before you fly off the handle because you might have all these things piling up in a way that it's difficult for you to um, work through simply. But in a nutshell, we're trying to create structures that make us feel safe. And even though we can't quite put our finger on what's making us feel unsafe, we just know something is there lurking in the background. And so you try to recognize you might feel a little uneasy, but if you can't put your finger on it, don't go around you know, blaming other things until you have a better sense of what's going on. At the same time, the moon's also trining Mercury and Venus and Neptune. And so we're trying to find a way to express what makes us feel good, even if it's just illusory or our expectations are too high. And all of that's happening before dinner time on Friday. So that's an awful lot of high energy conflicting stuff happening in the day. And then in the evening hours, the moon turns around and goes void, sort of runs away and hides, basically. (laughs) So if you've had one of those super moody days where everything feels unsatisfactory and, you know, you've been a lot of blame and there's ruminating on your inner drama, I would really suggest that Friday night is not a good night to go to your beloved or even your friends or your family or whoever's in your life to find some kind of a resolution and poke at them trying to make them give you a resolution because it's not going to happen. So I would say just allow, Just can we just sit with how we feel without having to judge it or having to have other people fix it or try to fix it ourselves? This would be one of those nights where it'd be really, really good to get that message because you might have a more harmonious sense of relationships the next day if you can just sit still and not act. Mm,
0: great input there, Donna. I know with my Gemini moon, there's always that like instinct to talk about it, but sometimes it's just better to not. So thank you
1: for reminding us. All right. So the ties are again, shifting into the early hours of Saturday. So um, you might experience a little breakthrough on this front. If you've been quiet and let it ruminate, that could sink in and lead you to like oh, yeah, I get it right now. I'm so glad I didn't say anything. But whatever you end up doing, it's still Saturday. And if you're up because you've like had a difficult night, you might as well just get up and get moving. It's a good day for if you want to work all day, great. If you want to play all day, there's just a lot of energy um, as the moon is harmonizing with Mars in the late afternoon, early evening, depending on where you are on Saturday. So, Whatever your high-energy stuff for Saturday was, rest well on Saturday night because you earned it. And then, of course, Sunday, fortunately, is a very, very lovely day. Astrological blue skies and perfect weather. The sun's in Aries, the moon's in Leo, Jupiter's in Sagittarius. It's what astrologers call a grand fire trine. So that's a very, very lucky day. It makes most folks feel really confident. Top it all off, Venus is making an easy sextile with Pluto. So. You know, all is well that ends well. Um, it's a great time to f- unite your passions and desires with your need for personal transformation. So good day for working magic as well or starting a project. This is the kind of day where if you could put the energy in a bottle and keep it for a rainy day, that's what you do. Um, in fact, I, I'm little magic girl, me I may just do that. That's what astrological talismans are for. You make them on the day when the energy is really good and you save them up for later. Donna, does it work? I mean, have you done that and it like actually works? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, it's There's a long tradition of using astrology for this kind of work. It's really easy to understand why, you know, forever people have been looking at astrologers and saying, I want an auspicious day to do X, Y, and Z, fill in the blank. I want to, I want the best day to get married. And then they come and tell you, oh, but it's got to be the best day in June, but only on a Sunday between the hours of blah and blah, but it can't be this one. So really it has to be, I want to get married on the best day. And these are the two ones that fit in my schedule. And you say you look at them and roll your eyes. And then if you start looking back in astrology, you realize humans have been doing this forever. So what astrologers have done to get around this issue of human schedules and astrological schedules not meeting up is that they learned how to make talismans. And talismans were like things that were constructed with the birth time of the perfect energy for said event that you're looking for. So someone finds the perfect day to get married regardless of when people are actually getting married. And so they make... Make a little talisman with like the appropriate materials, the appropriate metals, the appropriate stones, the appropriate herbs whatever that match the energies. And Then instead of getting married on that specific day, they hang the talisman around the bride's neck or around the groom's neck and they bring that energy of the auspicious moment to the moment when the event is actually happening. And it's kind of like giving it a, an astrological supplement which is a beautiful way of, of working with cosmic energies.
0: Mm, I love it. Okay, fantastic. So the, my takeaways for this week are, uh, number one, the biggest event is Jupiter going into retrograde, and this is going to be happening for the next four months, and it's offering us a very good opportunity to evaluate where our values and actions are aligned, And where they're misaligned and to come up with ways to actually have our values and our actions be more aligned. My second takeaway is that this is a great week. There's several really auspicious opportunities for us to practice becoming masterful with how we recover. So, you know, going, going hard and working hard and and doing all the things we have to do, but then also making that space to allow ourselves to recover and integrate. And then third, that we have a really lovely ending to the week. So Sunday is is a magical day, an opportunity for us to practice magic if you do that, um, maybe practice what Donna's talking about and actually bottling up some of the energy to use on a more rainy day um, because the energy is just going to be beautiful and supportive, an opportunity for us to unite our passion and our desires. So I, I love it. It, it, it. I don't know if it's just me, but it seems like this year at least, that the weeks end kind of on a nice note, <laughs> which is really interesting. I, I don't know if that's by design or what. Well, of course it's by design, but it seems like I've, I find myself saying that a lot, like the weekend is pretty smooth and sweet and kind.
1: <laughs> Everything goes in cycles. It
0: does. All right. So everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of our community and for making astrology a part of your life. On Thursday, we're going to be featuring an astrologer that I absolutely love. I was introduced to this woman by David Cochran. We had an opportunity to actually sit down and have tea here on Maui, and it was like instant soul sister connection. Her name is Astro Lada. She's like a YouTube sensation. She's had tons of success. Um, practicing her astrology on YouTube, and then now she features other astrologers. She's really, really amazing. We talk about relationships and children and what astrology is and what it isn't, and um, I just loved all the different directions that the conversation went, so hopefully you'll love it too. That's happening Thursday. In the meantime, have a beautiful week, and we will catch you on the next episode.
1: Relationships, putting your dreams into action. Your ideal career path? What themes are up for you to explore in the coming month? Find out now by downloading Astrology Hub's free lunar cycle calendar for the next month. The calendar gives you the details on the upcoming week's cosmic curriculum, including the theme, mantras, daily aspects, and journal prompts that you can use to work with the energy. Just go to astrologyhub.com calendar to get your free lunar cycle calendar now. That's astrologyhub.com calendar.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Astrology Hub podcast. We can't wait to continue exploring with you and bringing you astrology's most practical wisdom so you can live your life on purpose. We'll catch you on the next episode.
1: Hi, this is Chris Kaplan, the producer of the Astrology Hub podcast. This episode is over, but check the show notes for links to products and services you've heard about during this episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please subscribe and rate using the subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts.